This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, my name is Trey Johnson, and thank you so much for joining us today. Being your best with Trey Johnson, my wife Heather and I, we just want to thank you so much for praying for us. Thank you so much for partnering with this ministry. We want to encourage you to, to go to our website, look around. We send out daily devotionals. We have a YouTube channel, podcast. There's so many different ways that you can grow, but we want you to know that you're very important to us that we can't do what we're doing without you, and we want to be a part of your journey and knowing God, being your best, developing your gifts, your callings, your assignment. And so we just want to thank you for tuning in today. Let somebody know that we're on, that you're watching this, that, man, this show, it inspires you, it encourages you, it challenges you. And today I want us to continue getting into God's Word and discovering what do we do when our faith seems weak. Have you ever been at that place maybe when feel like all hell has come against you everywhere you're looking there's a battle here there's a battle there there's a battle over here and your faith just seems weak maybe you feel good outside physically but your spirit man just feels weak it doesn't feel like your prayers are going any higher than the ceiling what does a person do when our faith seems weak and maybe the victory seems lost maybe it doesn't seem like God's word is working well, we can go back to some fundamental truths of understanding that it is the thief, John chapter 10, verse 10, it's the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. You know, it's very important when our faith seems weak to go back to the truth that it is Satan who wants me to give up. It's Satan who wants me to throw in the towel. It's Satan who wants me to quit standing on God's Word. You're made in the image and likeness of God, and, and Satan hates you. He doesn't want you to come into the kingdom of God first, but if you do accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he doesn't want you walking in victory. He doesn't want you understanding the truths from God's Word that you are an overcomer, that you are forgiven, that you are the healed, the blessed, victorious. You, you are created for greatness some of the foundational scriptures that can help keep your eyes on the author and finisher of our faith, who can help keep your faith encouraged and, and rising up. Remember, what do I do when my faith seems weak? I realize Satan is the one that's behind the opposition. And then the second thing I can do, I can go to God's Word and I can discover what God's will is for my life. See, God's Word reveals His will. A lot of times people, they just say, well, God doesn't speak to me, or I don't know what God's will is. God's Word reveals God's will. John chapter 1, Jesus said, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word becomes flesh and dwells among us. In Hebrews 11:3, it says that Jesus is the perfect imprint, the, the perfect vision of God the Father. So if you want to know the heart of God, look at Jesus. If you want to discover the will of God, look into the Word of God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of our mind, that we may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, it's a, it's a process to change our life instantly. When you call upon the name of Jesus, instantly you're born again. Instantly you become a new creation. Instantly it's settled where you're going to spend eternity. But the changing process is just that it is a process. It's a daily process. And recognizing when my faith as a child of God seems weak, 
I realize the opposition comes from Satan. God isn't the stealer. He's not the killer. He's not the destroyer. He doesn't employ the devil. God is good, and He's only good. Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14, the psalmist David says, What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? See, as I, as I go back and I find God's Word, I start realizing that God's good. I start realizing that God is for me and not against me, that God is on my side, that He wants to put His super upon my natural, that He wants me to be strong. He wants me to be courageous. He, he wants me to walk in wisdom and answers and, and faith. He wants me to walk in relationship with Him. Remember, Jesus died not to reconnect you and I to religion, but to relationship with Almighty God. He wants us to walk in our dominion and authority and to be who He's called and created us to be. Listen to a few of these scriptures that are foundational truths. And the reason I read these is Psalm 78, verse 41 and 42. It says that they limited the Holy One of Israel because they did not remember His power. The day when He redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. You know, it's important to remember the times that God has protected you and the times that God has answered your prayers and to remember that He separated your sin as far as the east is from the west. To remember that He's cleansed you by the power of the blood of Jesus. To remember that when you called upon the name of Jesus, He made you in right standing with Almighty God, not because of anything you've done in yourself besides believe in Jesus. It's important to remember that He has a good plan for your life, to remember that He is in you and with you and for you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, listen to this. For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. There's a lot in this scripture right here, but he's saying, remember that you yourself, regardless of what you've done, where you've come from, how many dumb decisions you've made, today can be the day that you call upon the name of Jesus and you're recreated. He says, remember, you're recreated. You're his workmanship designed to do good works, works that God has prearranged from before your life ever started unfolding upon the earth. He says, and it's a good life that he wants you and I to choose to walk in. You know, it's a choice to live in the good plans that God has for us. It's a choice to connect our eyes upon Jesus and upon the promises of God. It's a choice to believe that God will work all things together for our good because we do love Him and we are called according to His purpose. It is a choice to believe that God can take whatever the devil meant for harm and turn it for our good. We have a choice today. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, Every day God puts before us life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, if you can't figure out what to choose, choose life. What do I do when my face seems weak? I realize the opposition, the one who wants me to quit, to question the character and nature of God. It's, it's Satan. And then to just spend a few moments remembering the good plan that God has for our life. Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Thoughts and plans to prosper you and give you hope and to give you a future, not of evil, 
So if God knows the thoughts and he knows the plans, why wouldn't you take some time to spend time with him and spend time in his word for us to discover what we're called and created to do? Because remember, it's a good plan. What do I do when my face seems weak? Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, he says, I, I, Before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I chose you as my anointed vessel. He says, before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you to be, to Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations, to you it's whatever you're called and created to be. See, when we hear God's word, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what do I do when my face seems weak? And you can go back to the YouTube channel. You can go back to the archives and listen to these shows. What do I do when my face seems weak? Well, I recognize the opposition comes from Satan. I go to God's word and make sure I'm finding the promises that cover my situation that I'm believing God for. And then 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9, I, I make Make sure I'm walking in the light of God's Word, that if there's sin in my life, I'm in the process of receiving God's forgiveness. I'm receiving the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. I'm walking in the light that I have. And I want you to think of the freedom that brings us, because when I'm being the best me I can be, and you're being the best you you can be, and I'm walking in the light that I have. See, we're all at different places in our relationship with God, but when we're being the best us we can be, we're doing what we know to do. It says the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us. He not just forgives us, but he, he cleanses us. And the word cleanse means to be uncontaminated. It means to brighten. In other words, when I was in sin, I was contaminated. And when I come into the family of God and I'm walking in the light that I have, and if there's sin in my life, I'm, I'm owning my part. Whenever I miss it, whenever I sin, I'm asking God to forgive me. And I get right back in the game. And I go forward realizing I can't change the past, but I've got to go forward. And, and today I have the choice to do that. The blood cleanses me. It's uncontaminating me from the effects of sin says he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So not only do we walk in the light that we have, we receive God's forgiveness and then we give God's forgiveness. There's so many truths whenever we choose to forgive and there's individuals watching right now that you need to make the decision today to choose to forgive. I'm not making light of what you've gone through in your past or in your childhood or when somebody's betrayed you or lied about you or left you or stole from you and the list could go on and on, but it's a choice to forgive. Just this past weekend, I spoke at several different churches and different meetings and there were so many healings and physical bodies because people chose to receive God's forgiveness because at one time they didn't think they were worthy and now they're realizing they're worthy just because of the goodness of God and the power of the blood of Jesus and they receive God's forgiveness but then they also forgive, they release, they let go and I hope you're saying that on the inside or even on the outside, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to release, I'm going to let go because Jesus wouldn't ask us to do something that we didn't have the ability to do, or he wouldn't ask us to do something that he's not willing to do himself. Think about how many times God's forgiven you. 
Remember when Peter come to Jesus, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, 22, Peter says, Lord, how often should I forgive? And Jesus said, you know, Peter said seven, seven times. And Jesus said, no, seven times 70 of the same sin in the same day. In other words, he's saying, Peter, you have what it takes to keep forgiving and releasing and let go. And that's the way God forgives you and I. He keeps believing in us and he's merciful and he's gracious and, and he wants us to walk in forgiveness. He wants us to get our prayers answered. And then we've learned that when my face seems weak, I got to go back and make sure I'm casting my care over on the Lord. First Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all your care, all your concerns, all your worries over on the Lord because he cares for you. Philippians 4, 6, he says, fret not about anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't have concern about anything. But in every circumstance and in every situation with prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What was he saying? That I can't do anything with the things you're worried about and concerned about and anxious about until you cast them and release them and roll them over onto me. See, if we still have them, that means God doesn't have them. And then we've, we've learned the importance of removing doubt from our life. And I want us to look at, at Mark chapter 11. What I do whenever my faith seems weak is I can be in the process of pushing doubt out of my life. And this is the story when Jesus in Mark chapter 11, he, he sees this fig tree and it appears that it has uh, leaves on it and fruit on it. And he goes over to it and it doesn't have the figs that it pretends like it's supposed to have and Jesus curses at its root and they go on about their journey and notice when he cursed the fig tree at the root nothing happened right away nothing happened in the next minute the next hour the next couple hours but they go on about their business and they come the next day and the disciples remembered what they heard Jesus say and this fig tree was cursed and it was withering and dying and they said Jesus remember what you did yesterday and this is where we pick it up in verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. That's the answer to every situation in our life. Have faith in God. One translation says, have the faith of God. And in other words, Jesus was saying, the way that I did this, you can do that. He didn't say, don't try this at home because I'm the son of God and you're a worm. <laughs> Because that's the way a lot of people think and it's taught a lot in religion is that we're nothing and Jesus is everything and Jesus is the Son of God. But right here he's operating as a, a man anointed by the Spirit of God and he's showing you and I how to walk in relationship with God and how to walk in the kingdom upon the earth. In John 14 verses 12 through 14 he says, the, the works that I do you shall do and greater works shall you do because I go to the Father. And, and he's letting us know that you're in the world but you're not of the world and you're in the world and he wants us to operate as sons of God in in the earth Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 he says be imitators of God as dear children and this is Jesus talking to his disciples and he's talking to you and I and he's telling us have faith in God and in verse 23 he says for assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believe that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says therefore I say to you whatever things you ask when when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them. 
So notice he, he puts the initiative on you and I. He says there's going to be obstacles in your life like the mountain. There's going to be things that are holding back your answers. There's going to be things that are in your way. But he says the faith of God does this. It, it believes in its heart and it declares with its mouth. Isn't that what you do at salvation? Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You declare with your mouth Jesus is your Lord. See that's the laws of faith. Faith. That's how we come into the kingdom, but it's how we continue to operate in the kingdom of God is by believing God's word and declaring God's word with our mouth. And he says, this is the faith of God that I want you to operate in. Believe in your heart and declare with your mouth. He says, don't doubt. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe. That's a choice. That those things which you say shall come to pass and you'll have whatever you say, so when you find it in God's Word, God wants you to have it. When you find it in God's Word, God doesn't change His mind that He wants it for you. Remember, God's Word reveals His will. God wants you and I to walk in our forgiveness. God wants you and I to walk in His mercy. God wants you and I to walk in His grace. God wants you and I to come up in our way of living and thinking and believing in our vision and in our words. But how do we do this? We remove the doubt from our heart and we choose to believe God's Word. 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, The spirit of faith believes and the spirit of faith speaks according to what is written. So when my faith seems weak, and I want to strengthen it, I'm going to need to be in the Word of God. Years ago, I was going through some very difficult stuff, and the Lord reminded me of the times I've been in the hospital and stuff, and I've had an IV in my, my arm, and, and I didn't feel strong at the time, but I felt really weak, but I saw the IV, and I saw the just drips coming into my, my hand and into my body, and he says, Trey, the same day, you might not have seen the strength come back, or you might not have felt it come back the same day, the first couple of days, but as you stay connected to the IV, strength was coming, Life was coming. He says, if you'll stay connected to my word, strength is coming. Life is coming. Courage is coming. Even when we don't understand how or when and how God's going to do it, if we stay connected to his word, it's going to remove the doubt and strength is coming. Faith is coming. Vision is coming. And we get settled. Listen to what John 15 verse 7 says. He says, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done. I want to read that again because it's so powerful. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. This is why it's so important to go over the scriptures to remember what God has done. Isn't that what David did when he's standing before Saul and he says, I'll go fight uh, the Philistine. He says, God was with me and I defeated the lion and I defeated the bear and God's going to help me defeat the Philistine also. He, what was he doing? He was remembering. He was taking the reality of God from just his head to his heart. And that's what happens when we abide in God's Word and His Word abides in us. Then our desires start to come up. And that, that's another thing to strengthen us. So not only do we remove doubt, but we sincerely desire what God's Word promises. The word desire means to father. It means to birth. It desire, it comes from God's Word. 
And see, the devil wants to steal the word. He wants to stop the word from manifesting. He wants to suffocate your desires. He wants to put your desires out. But Jesus said, when we abide in his word and his word abides in us, we'll ask what we desire. Why would he say that? Because as we're staying connected, like the IV, staying connected to the word, same desires that are in him are the same desires that are in us. Look at John chapter 15, that whole first part of that chapter there. He's saying that he's the vine, we're the branches. The same life that's in the vine is the same life that's in the branches. And the desires, the passions, the mindset, the hope, the courage, the strength that's in God is going to come into us. And his desires are going to become our desires. Then we're going to ask what we will because we're going to desire according to the word and it'll be given unto us. He says, if you abide in my word and my word abides in you, then you will ask what you desire. Desire comes from God's word. Please hear me. Desire comes from God's word. I remember years ago I was asking the Lord, how do I know the difference between my desires and your desires? And how do I flush out the wrong desires? And I'm away from the barn and I'm at this pasture, this little big pen really that I had some horses in and I had the water hose in it and I was filling it up and I'm sitting there looking at this water trough and the water hose is in it and it's just overflowing and it's pushing the hay and the bugs and all the dirt and stuff out of it. And on the inside, the Lord says, Trey, if you'll keep my word pumping into your heart like that, I will remove all the desires that are not for me and what's remaining will be my desires. That was just what Jesus was saying in John 15. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 37 verse 4. Make sure you desire from God what you're asking, not wishing, not hoping, not somebody else's desire your desire. God, what do you have for me? I want you to think about this. Why, right now, why do you want more in life? Why do you desire to have more money, more protection, more wisdom, more, more courage? Why do you desire more? Because there is more. I remember in the upside down horse trailer when I gave my life to the Lord, I knew there had to be more than just going to church. I knew there had to be more than just religion. Where did that desire come from? It came from when I called upon the name of Jesus and I became his son. I became a new person in Christ, my desires begin to change. I begin to desire. The more I was in his word and I studied his word, I desired to be healed. I desired to be forgiven. I desired to walk in the blessing. I desired to overcome. I desired to conquer. Where did the desires come from? The desire comes from spending time in his presence, spending time in his word. Listen to what Psalms 103 says to us. Verse 2, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now remember, we're abiding in his word. His word's abiding in us. We're asking what we desire. And you desire the benefits from God's word. Benefit means anything that adds value to your life. When you take a new job and you look at the benefits, the benefit of insurance, the benefits of a company car, the benefits of this, that it adds value to your life. And we desire the benefits from God. So what do we do when our faith seems weak is as we spend time in God's word and his word creates the desire 
Philippians chapter 2 verse 13, it's God who works in me both to creating the power and the desire to will and to work for his good pleasure. It's God who creates the desire. How do I walk in the things of God? I've got to desire what God has for my life. I desire to reach the world with the gospel. I desire to be the best me I can be. I desire to overcome. Where did that desire? See, desire will get you back up when life knocks you down. Desire to be the man or woman of God he's called you to be will keep you stepping forward when all hell is coming against you and you feel all the storms and the resistance. Remember Peter whenever he got out of the boat in Matthew chapter 14 and it says that, that Jesus sent, sent the, the crowd away and he goes away by himself and he's praying and spending time with the Father and he tells the disciples to go to the other side in the boat and, and they're in the boat and it says between three and six in the night the boat is rocking and the wind is hitting the boat and the storm is happening and Jesus he walks out upon the water and the disciples see Jesus walking on the water and they freak out and Jesus says stop take courage don't be afraid it's me and Peter said Lord if it's you bid me to come now remember, the wind's coming, the resistance is coming, the boat's rocking, he, the wind is howling. And he says, if it's you, bid me to come. And he steps out. Jesus said, well, come on, Peter. And so he gets out of the boat and he does the impossible. As long as he's looking at Jesus, as long as he's standing on the word, he walks on water. But then the Bible says that he began to perceive, he began to look, he began to feel, he began to see the storm and see the circumstance and feel the wind. And he felt the water beating upon his face and he got his eyes off of the promise. He got his eyes off of Jesus. He quit desiring what Jesus told him to do because of the circumstances pulled his focus away and it says that he began to sink now think of the goodness of God here because he called out and said Lord save me and what did Jesus do immediately he saved us and there's times that you and I we start out strong but then because of the doctor's report because of life happening because of circumstances we begin to sink and we can know that we can call out to the Lord Lord save us and he's good to just like Peter to hold us by our hand to uphold us and to help us keep growing and keep going don't allow the storms of life to steal the word don't allow the storms of life to steal the word. So we get our desires from the word of God, from the presence of God. Listen to these benefits. Psalms 103. Oh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Listen to this. Who forgives every one of all of our iniquities. That's a benefit. Who heals each one of all of our disease. That's a benefit. Who redeems our life from the pit and corruption. That's a benefit. Who beautifies, dignifies, crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfies our mouth, our necessity and desire at our personal age and situation with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle, strong, overcoming and soaring. He says, as you bless the Lord, as you stay in God's word, as you delight yourself in the Lord, you're going to start to desire what God has for your life. Now, this is taking ownership of our relationship with God. This is accepting and receiving what Jesus died to give you and I. That we have a desire to live above sin. We have a desire to no longer be addicted to something. We have a desire to walk in freedom and life and life more abundantly. We have a desire, but I can't put your desire, my desires over on you. And you can't put your desires over on me. In order for the word to become real, it has to be what I desire. 
what you desire. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he says, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. What you desire when you pray, when you desire when you pray, what you desire when you pray. Now maybe all you desire is forgiveness. Stay in the Word and you'll start desiring overcoming, desiring conquering, desiring provision, desiring healing, desiring redemption, desiring favor, desiring the things of God which comes from His Word. What sort of things you desire when you pray. When, when you pray. Not next week, not yesterday. Now. Faith is always now. When you pray... Believe that you receive and you'll have it. Notice he didn't say believe that God is good. Now that's a good thing to believe, but that's not what he said. Right? Believe that God's forgiveness. Believe that God's healer. Believe that God's blessed. That is what. Believe that what? Believe you receive. The word receive means to take. Believe you take. Believe you receive when you pray, and you'll have what sort of things you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive and you'll have. What do you desire? What are you believing? What are you taking? And you do this before you ever see it in the natural. Before you see healing in the natural. Before you see provision in the natural. Before you see protection in the natural. You believe you receive when you pray. But you back it up and you create that desire. See, sometimes we, we pray too soon. We, uh, now, prayer is important. We want to live a life of prayer. We're just talking to God, communicating to God. But create your desire. Really be real with yourself. What am I desiring? Not my mom and dad, grandparents. What do I desire? Do I really desire what God desires for my life? God desires for me to overcome. But am I desiring it? God wants me to walk in forgiveness. But do I desire forgiveness? God wants me to walk in victory. But do I really desire forgiveness whatsoever things I desire when I pray believe I receive them and I shall have them so let's go back remember we're removing doubt from our heart we're not allowing ourselves to be up and down and all around look at James chapter 1 verses 5 through 6 in the Amplified and you can look at this in your own time it says if any of you is deficient in wisdom let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone. I want you to say that that's, that's me, everyone. That's me liberally and ungrudgingly, without reproach or fault-finding, and it will be given him. Reproach and fault-finding, in other words, that means that God doesn't disapprove of you. God doesn't have to look very far to see faults in us. But when we ask, in this case, for wisdom... He says, God's going to give it to you. He'll give to everyone liberally. God is a giving God liberally. He says, I'm just looking for somebody who will do it in faith. Let's keep reading. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, doubt is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. Notice, whenever we're wavering, Whenever we're up and whenever we're down, remember Peter, he was doing the impossible, but then he began to look here and look there, and he looked at what he felt, and he looked at what it looked like. He became unstable. He became uncertain. He became unreliable, not because God changed, but because he changed. 
Remember, Jesus is the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He's the same forever. But He wants us to get in His Word and to remove the doubt and not be up at church and down at home or up one day and down the next day or wavering. James, who's the half-brother of Jesus, he could have actually been in the boat and seen the waves and he's writing to you and I to say that a person that is like those waves that's tossed here and tossed there and you're in and you're out and you're up and you're down, he says, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord because being a person of two minds, hesitating, dubious, double-minded, says you're going to be uncertain. You're going to be unstable. I don't want to be uncertain. I want to be certain. God wants us to be certain. God wants us to be stable. How, how do we start becoming stable on what we think and what we believe and what we say? It always comes back down to relationship with God and relationship in His Word and what we desire. In order for me to walk in the reality of His Word, I've got to locate what I desire, which comes from God's Word. Allow God's Word to create your desire and then believe you receive it whenever you pray and then you'll have it don't be up and down remove the doubt be solid be focused be determined be diligent when our faith seems weak realize the opposition is from satan when our faith seems weak go to his word and make sure his word is covering the things that we're asking him for make sure that the their sin is removed out of our life when we miss it we repent the quicker we repent the quicker we get back in the game the quicker we receive the quicker we mature and then we're walking in the light of God's Word. We're doing what we know to do. We're applying God's Word. Remember, God isn't going to ask me to do something that I don't have the ability to do. And I receive God's forgiveness, and I give God's forgiveness, and I cast my care over on the Lord. I get rid of worry and concern and fretting and fear. And then I, I make sure that I'm removing the doubt and my heart is solid, and my desires are lining up with God's Word. Remember, desire is so important. Desire, not somebody else's desire, your desire. Do you desire a relationship with God today? Do you desire the forgiveness of sin today? Do you desire to know that you're going to spend eternity with God? That isn't determined uh, by just going to church or carrying your Bible or, or being religious. No, at some point in time, you have to have a desire to call upon the name of Jesus and a desire to know that you're going to spend eternity with God. You say, how, how can I act on that? How can I move on this desire? It's very simple. The Bible says when you have that desire and you realize that if you were to die right now, that you would go straight to hell, and you realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, you realize that a relationship with Jesus is what's going to connect you with God, and it's going to settle where you're going to spend eternity. He says when you'll believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you declare with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, He says, at that time you receive eternal life at that time you settle where you're going to spend eternity so if you want to do that for the very first time this is what i'd like us to do heads bowed eyes closed i'd like to pray a very simple prayer together with you 
And so when we pray this prayer, I want you to believe these words in your heart. I want you to declare these words with your mouth like your eternal destiny depends upon it because it does. And as you do this, the life of God enters you. As you do this, you come from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. As you do this, you're receiving the cleansing power of the blood. Your sins are forgiven. You become a new person in Christ Jesus and you come into the family of God. Would you pray this prayer with me? Would you just say, Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life. And right now, I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. And I do believe in my heart. And I do declare with my mouth that Jesus, you are my Lord, you are my Savior, and according to God's Word, I am forgiven, I am cleansed, and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, feel free, you know, to God knows our heart. He just wants us to believe. He wants us to declare with our mouth that that prayer it doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be uh, rigid, but it does have to be believed in your heart and declared with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And when you do that, the Bible says angels in heaven are rejoicing. Hey, we're rejoicing with you. If you did that for the very first time, we want you to call the office. We want you to go to the website. We want to connect with you. We want to help you grow as you develop as a child of God, a warrior of God, a winner of God, a more than a conqueror of God. This is Trey Johnson with Being Your Best, and I look forward to seeing you again real soon. God bless you guys.